1: Welcome to TMZ Live, Harvey Levin here. And Babcock here. So um, the Jesse Smollett uh, saga continues in a very bad way for him. Mm. He has lost, lost his appeal of his conviction, a conviction that is supposed to land him in prison.
2: Uh, uh, for for 150, 150 days. days. Right. I Remember, he went, was sentenced, did six days. They appealed, and they actually released him while the appeal was uh, sort of running its course. This appeal has lasted a long, long You're time. It's way longer than
1: I would ever expected that it would. Right. Now, he is still maintaining his innocence, even though he's been convicted. I think it's fair to say in the court of public opinion, most people believe the verdict uh, was right on. Yeah. Uh, but he... Um, he now um, faces the possibility of being remanded very quickly uh, to uh, to serve that time behind bars. Um, there is a chance, I mean, he is. they're talking about that they're going to appeal this to the Supreme Court. Yes. What is interesting about that is that the prosecutors could ask that he be remanded immediately. Mm. Now, what I'm guessing his lawyers are going to do is file documents saying we want to stay the prison sentence,
2: until the Supreme Court of Illinois rules. And, and, and let's be honest, that, that would make the most sense. If they've delayed the, the uh, sentence, serving the sentence this entire time, years at this point, why not just let him take it to the Supreme, the United States Supreme Court, if that's, no, no gonna, it won't be, or, right. or the Illinois Supreme the Court, Illinois excuse Supreme me, Court. Um, and, and, and let them make their decision. That would be the end of the line as far as his appeals go and then serves the sentence. It makes the most sense.
0: Yeah.
3: And, and his team has pointed out to us guys, because this was a two to one decision. They say, look, one judge ruled totally in his favor so you know that they're going to take those arguments to the to the Illinois Supreme Court. Also remember back in October we broke the story that he was in outpatient rehab. So Maybe this is going to help him and say, look, he's a different guy. Uh, he's he's getting the help that he needs. Although he'd have to maybe admit some guilt right. in that and say, look, it was this that was influencing me. This is why I had these issues. This is why this happened. Right. Um, it's a tricky situation.
1: This literally happened minutes ago. Yeah. Um, did the appeals court issue a written ruling um, where they explain their reasoning, both the two, uh, the two that voted to affirm and the one that voted not to, have they actually written an opinion?
0: So, you know, he won. He convinced two out of the three appellate judges that he should win. A lot of the argumentation was over whether when they first decided not to prosecute him, whether the prosecutors could be held to that decision. Because you'll recall, he was initially not prosecuted, then a special prosecutor was appointed who brought the charges. And the majority opinion said, it's okay, the conviction still stands. The dissent is interesting because the dissent said, look, the spirit of not prosecuting him was that he relied on not being prosecuted over this. And we should uphold the prosecutor's uh, promise in that respect. You'll remember. This is Bill like Cosby. Cosby. This is very much like Cosby. It's very similar. And Bill Cosby's promise was upheld. That's why Cosby's conviction was overturned. So it's interesting to see the dissent in this case sounds a lot like the majority mm-hmm. in the Cosby case. Uh, there are I, some nuances. Hel-
1: uh, well, help me out here. What was it that the, what promise was made to Jussie that um, would bar a prosecution? Because mm. uh, I don't recall that.
0: Yeah, it wasn't as specific of a promise as in the Cosby case, but it was called a Noel pros which is a, just a, a fancy way of saying, we're not going to prosecute you, but remember there was so much public pressure that they appointed a special prosecutor who right. wasn't bound to the same terms of what the original prosecutor said.
1: But what was the no prosecution argument? I mean, I don't remember, in fact, in fact, I remember the exact opposite. I remember that the DA, that, that charges were filed in the case, I think based on the grand jury, mm-hmm. and then dropped by the DA, right. Was that what was going on here that we're talking about?
0: Yeah. Remember, there was a, there was a conflict of interest involved in the case. You remember the prosecutor might have had some connections to Jesse. Co- correct. Yeah. Correct. Might have had some sympathies over that decision, or, or or overcharging him, and then undercharging him because there were some sympathies towards him, due to a relationship, I believe, with the Obamas and things of that nature.
1: So I think it's important to say that the. Um, even the one dissenting vote here had nothing to do with whether Jesse was not guilty right. of the crime. It had more to do with promises uh, by prosecutors than it did the evidence.
3: Sam Parham from Chicago. What in the Carly Russell was going on? I mean, I get it. Being from Chicago, you know what I'm saying? It's a lot of real stuff going on you know what i'm saying a lot of murders robberies home invasion scams car cracking all of that and he played in them people's face wasting their time faking getting beat to a bloody pole by two muscle by nigerians after a nice cold cut trail sandwich from subway is crazy <laughs> in <of> everybody involved,
2: <laughs> i love the way you, you said that boy he, subway just can't catch a no, break <laughs> no that's what i knew he was making it up nobody goes for subway at and two in the try, morning and freezing in- cold time <laughs> Just go serve the time. You, it's, it's five years. It would have been, it's five months. No, no, it's no. It, it's been five years since it happened right, now. Right, well, right. It hangs over his head God, until it's it over. do
1: it and move on with your career and your life. I don't know this was a good move. We're going to um, look at another criminal case mm-hmm. right now, because if you recall, Felicity Huffman yeah. uh, served 11 days in prison yep. for her role in the college admission scandal. She got her daughter, uh, actually, they faked an SAT yeah. test by basically bribing a proctor courtesy of Rick Singer, who is the guy that that helped right. Felicity Huffman. She has now spoken out. Um, and yeah. this is fascinating because yep. Felicity Huffman is not doing a mea culpa hand ring here. She is in many ways trying to justify what she did. Certainly. She talked to Mark Brown over at KABC in Los Angeles, uh, ABC7, And here's what she
4: said. I worked with um, a highly recommended college counselor named Rick Singer. I worked with him for a year um, and trusted him implicitly. And he recommended programs and tutors. And um, he was the expert. And after a year, he started to say, your daughter's not going to get into any of the colleges that she wants to. And um, I believed him. And so when he slowly started to present the criminal scheme, it seemed like, and I know this seems crazy at the time, that that was my only option to give my daughter a future. And I know hindsight is 2020, but it felt like I would be a bad mother if I didn't do it.
1: When, he, mm. she's, when she says it, it felt like I'd be a bad mother if I didn't break the law, She's basically almost saying, if I had it to do
2: over again. Right, and it would be doing the wrong thing if I didn't do what I did. I'm really surprised at this.
0: She's at the very least sort of rationalizing her behavior, and it is a sentiment that's common amongst parents. It's very difficult to get into college these days, more than it was in the past. And you want to do anything you can for your child, and sometimes your morality and your moral compass gets a little confused. But there's no doubt that she had to know at some point when he said, I'm going to Pay a proctor to help give the no. Right she she where your she, daughter she no no, no no right. no. Derek
1: Derek. And, and I she, think she knew back then too. She the didn't know back like, then. She I, she's as much as saying, saying that. She's as, as saying she's as much as saying it. She's saying I would be a bad mother if I didn't cross the line. I, I, are you guys I mean, outraged at this? I'm hit? not saying I'm outraged. I'm just surprised that she's not just kind of falling on the sword and saying, right. "Look, I made a mistake. Wouldn't do it again." She's justifying it, I think, and I'm not necessarily. And I'm not necessarily. I'm not expressing any outrage over it, but because I think because the reason I'm not expressing outrage is. People do this all the
2: time. They have legacy. Um, right. They have, you got a third of the students at Harvard that are legacy students. These gigantic donations that are made. Donations that are made that are really just payoffs to get kids in school. Well, that's what they honest. are. I mean, that's what they are. That's you build. You build a wing to a library. Right. And you, you get, get your, in. You doesn't get matter what the kid's SAT is. Some grandkid in. Right. And and right. so who has no business being there? It happens every day. The only difference here is that Rick Singer got the payment and not the university. That's it. And that's, that's I mean, it's it. It's really
1: it. Hard to argue that. Thank um, you. I just found it really interesting. <laughs> I'm surprised
2: she's... That on she, that said, I'm surprised she's... she's in. this strong. Yeah.
3: yeah. Hi there, Krista, Midlands UK. I've got to say, I, I, I'm not going to knock the fact that she's acknowledging that she made a mistake. I, we get that. But I think it's a really... There's a lesson to be learned here in all of this that you're not doing your kid any favors. I watched the interview. I saw that... You know, she was apologetic to the other academic students. She didn't apologize to her daughter. If you want your kids to grow into, you know, upstanding, smart, uh, successful kids, cheating isn't the way to do it.
1: Well, here's the thing about it. Number one, um, she, she, I think, has apologized. I don't know that she's apologized publicly, yeah. but she even said in the tape, my daughter didn't know. Her daughter is mm-hmm. at Carnegie Mellon right now, but yeah. your last point, which is that I hope people have learned their lesson, most people get away with this stuff. Right. And I'm not saying it's right, but this kind of, shena- these shenanigans, you know, uh, with college admissions, they happen in many forms all the time. So uh, last night um, was as it's just entertaining as hell, i got to say. yeah, And, and um, not
2: the football game. And
1: not the football yeah. game. This was a debate, supposedly the great debate <laughs> of the red states versus the blue states. What it really was was a road test between uh, Ron DeSantis and Gavin Newsom. Yeah. Um, and it was on Fox News Channel. It was moderated by... Uh, Sean Hannity, who began the broadcast by saying this is going to be a fair, factual debate. (laughs) And then it turned into just an attack on California and Gavin Newsom. Um, But um, it was really interesting the way both of them handled this. So um, the entertaining part of this was when Ron DeSantis pulled poop out of his jacket, (laughs) sort of, kind of. Here's what happened. This is a map of San Francisco. There's a lot of plots on that. You may be asking, what is that plotting? Well, this is an app where they plot the human feces that are found on the streets of San Francisco. And you see how almost the whole thing is covered because that is what has happened
2: in one of the previous greatest cities this country's ever had. Human feces is now a a fact of life, except when a communist dictator comes to town. Then they cleaned up the streets. They lined the streets with Chinese flags. They didn't put American flags there. They cleaned
1: everything up. So they're willing to do it for a communist dictator, but they're not willing to do it for their uh, own. So um, poop aside, (laughs) who won this thing? Who lost Mm. this thing? I got my opinions, but there is a guy who um, makes a living off of looking at California politics, among other things. He is a very smart dude. His name is Alex Michelson. He is the anchor of Fox 11 in Los Angeles, and he is joining us right now. Alex, welcome to TMZ Live.
5: Hey, Harvey, thanks so much for having me. I think the big winner of the debate was the poop map. I mean, (laughs) is that not the perfect metaphor for the state of our political discourse
1: right now? A map of poop. It is unbelievable. It just was, and just pulling out 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 of his pocket like this, and he he pulled another thing out of his His pocket. Gift card. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, (laughs) so I got to ask you, you know Gavin Newsom very well. You traveled to China with him. You just know the guy well. Yeah. I, I don't know this served him particularly well. Why did he do this? Well- It allows him to make his
5: point on a national stage. It allows him to, he said for years that he thought that the uh, Democrats need to go more on the offensive, that they need to put their eyes and their positions in front of other people, like on Fox News. And so uh, it makes him a national figure. Everybody's talking about him. You're talking about him on a big national show. And he got a bunch of clips. That he can put on social media for people that maybe weren't watching Fox News, uh, where he gets to slam Ron DeSantis and call him a bully and uh, say all the things that progressives have always wanted to say to Ron DeSantis's face. And if you clip it up, you get those moments for him. On the other side, Ron DeSantis gets the same thing. He gets to say to all of, uh, to Gavin Newsom's face, everything that all of the conservatives have wanted to say for him for years, especially when it comes to COVID. He gets to slice that up in social media and his supporters all think that he killed Gavin Newsom in all of this. So both of them get moments, both of them get to fundraise off of this. And we're talking about both of them mm-hmm. at a time when the front runners are the generation older. You know, they're both stuck behind Joe Biden and Donald Trump right now. And for a night, at least, they got to be the the stars Mm. of the show.
1: But the problem is uh, several problems. Number one, Gavin Newsom, uh, because of the way the questioning went, it all had to do with the problems of California. And so um, he had to defend his own state, his own record. And then on top of that, had to defend Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. So you've got a guy who is there not answering friendly fire at all. He's answering very pointed questions about California, you know, about his record. And he's telling everybody things are pretty great. It's just not the way the polls are aligning right now.
5: Well, and the framing of pretty much every question was California sucks. Florida is great. (laughs) Tell us more. Right. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, if Gavin Newsom's whole premise is I want to go on the offensive, Democrats should be on the offensive. The problem was the entire night he was on the defensive, uh, in part because of the framing of all this and the topics of all that. And that made it a tough night for him. And it allowed Ron DeSantis to have a lot more moments than he's ever been able to have in any of these GOP debates before him because he had this sort of home field advantage. And he also felt, I think, very comfortable with all of the issues that were brought up, which are all the issues that are brought up on Fox News every single night. Of course, Gavin Newsom watches Fox News every single night. Mm -hmm. And so he knew a lot of those things uh, that were coming, but he did kind of dodge on a lot of these things. And I think both of these guys would have been better to have a little bit of humility every once in a while, and frankly, a little bit of humor. Uh, there weren't a lot of moments that were fun. Right, and if you right. think about the great moments in debate history, like when Ronald Reagan won a debate, it was like jokes that got them over yeah, the top.
2: You're right. We didn't see a lot of that last night. A- Alex, do you think that, um, it, it seems to me that the, the, the DNC and the RNC, they have too much control. Do you think we might see more of things like this? Governors debating each other in front of the country? I, I I think that was beneficial for the vote. But the voters, I really do. Mm. Yeah, I mean it's good to hear an exchange
5: of ideas, and it's also, frankly, more beneficial to hear a debate between a Republican and a Democrat than just yeah. two, you know, Republicans bait- debating each other. Part of the problem with our media ecosystem right now is cable news channels are so lined up with one particular party that we're in echo chambers. People don't hear other perspectives. So for a lot of folks that maybe watch Fox, they almost never hear Gavin Newsom's perspective, and vice versa. There were watch parties in San. Francisco Francisco last night watching this Fox News thing. I don't think they're typically tuning into Fox (laughs) News primetime. And maybe they got to hear some different perspectives from Ron DeSantis and Sean Hannity that they don't usually hear or their Instagram timelines, you know, preclude them from hearing because it doesn't fit with their algorithm. And I think moments where we can break that and actually talk to each other is important because
1: we got to figure out a way to talk to each other before we have a civil war. Was this smiling as just... Ugh, I don't know. Was sure, it, what is as yeah. off-putting to you as it was to me? Because as when uh, they they stopped doing the two-shot at one point, and I thought yeah. it was just because both sides went to somebody and said, "Don't show my my guy reacting," because those smiles <laughs> were creepy. Yeah, it was weird,
5: and it it makes people. I think trust somebody less, you know, knowing a little bit of humility. Like there never was ever a moment of saying, yeah, you know what? We got that wrong. Uh, We've learned from it. And now we'll move on. It's like both sides. And and some of this is the way our social media is set up to reward this. It's like all right or all
2: wrong. The other side's evil, you know. (laughs) So it it might be nice to say, yeah, you know, you got a good point there. What do you think President Biden was thinking as he was watching last night?
1: He was asleep. <laughs>
2: Good point. Good point. The
5: White, House, the White House isn't going <laughs> to like that. I mean, I think the fact, and this is an important fact, that the Biden campaign did not release any Thing negative about Ron DeSantis shows the fact that they don't see him as a serious threat right now. Uh, It's clear that they're focused on Donald Trump, and that Nikki Haley's poll numbers are rising. And I don't think there was a lot that made Ron DeSantis change that equation. Um, I don't think either one of them are necessarily more likely to be president after what happened last night.
1: We really we love having you on. Thank you, Alex.
5: Thanks so much, guys. Great to see
1: you. Got to tell you, that guy is one of the best guys to analyze politics in the country. Right. Period. Incredibly talented.
2: Looking for a unique take on pop culture? The TMZ Podcast's got you covered. I'm going to just brag a little bit.
1: I knew the big thing that was going to come out. I
0: just knew. We tell the stories behind the stories we bring. Bad Bunny and Kendall Jenner riding on some stallions together. Sharing the yes. horse.
1: It
2: gives boyfriend, girlfriend. It gives official. There's intimacy. Accurate news
3: and enthralling stories from the heart of Hollywood straight to you. What
1: other podcast can you hear about cases involving both Donald Trump and Gwyneth Paltrow? <laughs> Available now
3: on Apple, Spotify, Google, or
2: wherever you get your podcasts. The
1: uh, drama between T.I. and his son continues, uh, and this time it involves a third party, a club that both T.I. and his son were supposed to appear at. Uh, You know that a few days back, uh, when T.I. called his son a Nepo baby, when they were having kind of a fun IG live conversation, yeah, they
2: were at the Falcons game, and it, it started off I think as a uh, fun, as, as, fine, fun. right? And you know how sometimes happens, uh, they got serious and, and things got heated in the luxuries. So here's what happened: so they were
1: going to go to this club, um, and they were going to make a joint appearance yeah, there. The appearance. club changed the the flyer advertising the appearance where it looks like Ti's choking out his they, son. They tried to get in on a big social media moment. Well, it did not go over <laughs> well with one T-I.
2: You can talk to me. And to the end, ain't nothing going. Ain't nobody getting nothing going.
1: Nothing. Call who you need to call. Do what you need to do. Ain't nothing happening. No money, no beers, no no partying, no sections. Nothing. You put me and man on fire, get me everything. And if you can't, don't play with me. I don't know if y'all from here.
6: Don't play with me in this city. My city. Don't play with me in
1: this city. Well, that was a buzzkill for the evening.
6: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't blame him. No, I'm totally Team eye on this because keep in mind, TI was supposed to come to this club as a guest, and meanwhile they're advertising him choking out his son. Right. I mean, I don't think that's cool at all. But TI ended up going to the club; everything worked out. Right. But I actually feel bad for him because he really didn't do anything wrong. It was his son who was going on Instagram Live, unbeknownst to him. They're just going in a back and forth, and it blew up into a much bigger situation. And then he's getting dragged. Into all this stuff.
2: Yeah, you know, I, and I get it. It was and, shady. I, it was shady it, for it the was. club it, it's, to do that. Look, it, it's, I get it. I admit it's funny. I watched it and I laughed. But you've also got to realize, like, this is T.I.'s life and that's his son. And he, you know, argument or not, he loves his son and they, they don't want to see Well, that he was also, they,
1: he was also coming to appear at this club right. and then they show him trying, uh, you know, right. they they, they right. mock, the mock up a thing. to family drama. Um, by the way, can I just ask, because I wasn't here the day this broke. <laughs> yeah. How is this kid not oh, a, nepo a, a nepo totally baby? Oh, he's absolutely. He's totally a nepo baby, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, is there? There's like no issue about that, right? No, everyone well, has
6: he, said it. He is. Yes, he's a nepo baby, but people get deeply offended when they're referred to as nepo babies, even if they are one, because it takes away their whole sense of pride. It makes it sound like you haven't deserved. You you, you haven't done anything to deserve what you have. But a lot of people haven't. Right. Oh, okay, but you right. don't want to admit it, I guess, and that's where <laughs> that's 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 where King's coming from. He doesn't want to make it. It's not good for his brand to make it look like to make it seem like he's a nepo baby.
1: I I, I am so like stunned by all of this. If I could have been a nepo baby, yeah, I would have right.
2: loved it rather than struggling and clawing for every single have thing you got being a nepo right. baby. Right. They, they, and right, they don't know what it's like to not be a nepo yeah, baby. Like, That's why they would yeah, be fine with it. Try being you know. <laughs> a
1: not nepo baby and see how you feel.
3: Hey, what's up It's Ron I'm calling from down here from Georgia, down here in Georgia and yeah, like if you let one promoter play with you like that, it'll continue to happen. So yeah. I'm siding with T.I. on this one. I
1: gotta say, I'm siding with T.I. too. I think most people are. I'm siding with T.I. both on the argument with his son and And certainly with the club. 100%. For sure. Okay, we gotta take a break. When we come back, whoa. Uh, Mm -hmm. So you know that Jeezy has filed for divorce against Jeannie Mai. Well, guess what? Jeannie Mai has now filed her own response to that divorce, and she is all but saying, not only did he cheat, but there are prenuptial consequences to what he did in the form of money. A lot, a lot of money. We'll get into that when we come back.
2: Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters. And, what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well,
6: that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have
2: to. Download the new Bumble now.
1: Welcome back to TMZ Live. Harvey and Babcock here. So, you know Jeezy filed for divorce. That seemed to come out of the blue and there were allegations that Jeannie Mai may have cheated. Yeah. Um, Well, guess what? Jeannie Mai has now uh, filed her response. And that response is fiery. She is not saying that Jeezy cheated, but (laughs) she is all but saying it. (laughs) She is all but saying it. So she is saying, look, I'm not going to say we cheated, but then she suggests uh, we better uh, settle this privately or else. And then she says this in the documents. The prenuptial agreement regarding infidelity, (laughs) which provides in pertinent part That in the event that either party engages in sexual relations, an emotional relationship, or is emotionally or sexually suggestive in communication with a third party via all forms of electronic communications, including, but not limited to, texting, sexting, FaceTiming, social media, uh, and or direct messages, shall result in a significant financial penalty Upon the adulterous party. Them's fighting words.
2: Why well, say that if
1: not for cheating? And 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 right. she's saying I think what she's saying in effect is this. I didn't cheat, but he did and here are the consequences. I don't know how this else to look at new filing
3: is a big table turner. You know, like, we didn't have all the details, but now Genie's insin- insinuating. Jeezy just dropped a double album, just spent a whole hour-, hour with Nia Long, and we don't have a lot of answers, so now he's looking like the bad guy.
1: But Trent, he kind of suggested that she was the cheater yeah. initially, right?
3: Uh, well, kinda of, sorta. Of. He has on his new album, he has a song called Don't Cheat. It's very open ended. It you know it leaves a lot to be desired. You know, a lot of fans came at him, but you know, he put himself in that light that you know he was stepping away from a cheating situation. This doc these filings, you know, it says a different story.
1: I have never seen a prenuptial agreement that that, provided had a in there like that, that That provided for a financial penalty for sexting and right. and, and and emotional yeah. you connection. Can't have any sort this of this is the
3: era that we're in. Social media, you know, makes or breaks relationships these days. Right. They to, probably
2: linked on social media. Right. to actually include the word sexting, it, it's crazy. It, it's
1: I just hadn't seen it before, but it's me it, it, but it's way beyond sexting. I mean, it's all right. of these. You
2: know, any form of... Right. Well, because I think you think of cheating, typically, Harvey, is a, a literal, physical interaction with somebody. And it's clear, at least if what Jeannie is saying is accurate, that any sort of even emotional relationship, a long-distance relationship, would be considered cheating. Although we don't know what the financial consequences right. of that are because they just put that,
1: that paragraph in the document, Right, we don't know whether it's... What's significant? What what does that mean? What's significant? uh, It's clearly spelled out in the document, but wow, this has gotten (laughs) costnery.
3: Hey, Harvey, it's Juan Huswaters, Louisville, Kentucky. And to see that type of verbiage inside a prenuptial agreement like your counterpart said, that's just the generation that we are in. And I can't imagine a person like Jeezy not having DMs and text messages from friends. Like, come on, man. She won that one. (laughs) Good (laughs) lawyers, right? She
1: she won that one by getting that document in there for sure. Uh, Okay, we got to move on. This, uh, I mean, I was not expecting this yesterday. It is crazy. So Dave Chappelle paid a visit to Capitol Hill yesterday. Um, He has a buddy who's a member of the Capitol Police. and he wanted to say hi to him. So he's walking through the rotunda and you know, uh, people see Dave Chappelle. So a lot of members wanted to take pictures, including Lauren (laughs) Bobart, who took a selfie with Dave Chappelle just standing right there because that is another Congresswoman there.
2: Right, that is Representative Luna. And
1: so the caption is just three people who understand uh, there's only two genders. That is interesting. Presumably, that was from Lauren Bobart. Yeah, uh, because she's the one yeah, who that took that was. The That's self- what
2: she actually posted that on Instagram.
1: So um, you, you know, I, a lot of people are of saying, number one, why did Dave Chappelle take the photo with
2: right, her? Right, right. Th- that I could not agree uh, disagree more with the people saying that. Um, but then
1: the other thing is, look, Dave Chappelle has had his own issues uh, with the transgender community, obviously because of his Netflix right. specials and things he said in them. And so
2: Lauren Bobart beelined uh, right, to get this- I don't, think, I don't think she should have done that, Harvey, because she then used Dave Chappelle to make a political statement. And I don't know, barring him saying, hey, I'm cool with you saying that. I don't think that part of it was right. And I don't think Dave Chappelle said that. I mean, the I, people are just walking but up and taking But the people criticizing Dave Chappelle, I mean, he's, he is one of the most famous and recognizable comedians that we have ever seen. The fact that he takes a picture with somebody who he may or may not agree with politically, big deal. He's not co-stamping We reached out to some people close uh, to Dave. So he was actually in D.C. at the time. He has a few friends. Uh, They're not politicians that work there. He went to see them and basically these politicians asked to take a picture, but by no means was he trying to make this like a political statement or anything. What should he do, run a background check on every single person that stops him? I mean, you're gonna take pictures with people who you agree with and some people you don't agree with. I I don't understand it. And that is the problem. Just the fact that Dave took a picture and this has become like a federal incident, a federal case. Who cares? We've got to be able to talk to each it's other. It's also kind of a like uh, if he takes the photo, people get mad. If he refuses hey, to take the photo, right. then they make that a big that's deal. Right. So it's like a lose-lose situation. Right. It's totally also, lose-lose. I'm not sure Dave doesn't agree with Bobert on her politics. But I think he probably does.
1: I don't know what he agrees with or doesn't. doesn't but to matter. me, if Dave Chappelle was thinking of anything with Lauren Bobart. Yesterday, it was about Beetlejuice. It was not about any political <laughs> you issue. Think he asked if he wanted to go. I mean, I mean, come on! He's a comedian. It is
2: comedy. How many gold. How many jokes do you think we're going through? Well, someone there. pointed out earlier that his hands were awfully tight. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
5: Exactly. Arsen here. I just wanted to say that uh, Dave Chappelle is top notch.
3: He can do no wrong. We love him. And uh, Lauren Bobart is dumb. But, uh,
1: okay, well, we're not commenting on that. There are a lot of people who are afraid of AI. They think terrified. it's just going to do nothing but displace people, take jobs away. Well, guess what? Queen Latifah thinks the opposite. Really? She is teaming up with an AI company that will allow small businesses to use her image to help promote their own businesses. So this is actually going to promote employment.
2: It's something that a lot of companies probably wouldn't be able to do, Harvey, with a big star also like Queen
1: Latifah, right? Absolutely. So there is, I think, there is kind of this untapped world of AI that can do the opposite of taking jobs away. So the way we're going to figure this out is to bring in our buddy, Damon John, and we are going to
3: follow the money with Queen Latifah. Damon, welcome back. Thanks for having me. This one's a bold one. This one's a... So it's a little tricky if you ask me. Why? Well, you know, I I think that you're right. There's a lot of angles. Is is it, could she be overexposed? Uh, What is the criteria to allowing, you know, her to be used? Uh, You know, because she is a, she's an icon. You don't want her to be associated with businesses that may be questionable in their tactics or what they do. But on the flip side... There's a lot of companies that are Michelin Star and J.D. Power and various other things. They have some level of a commonality of a stamp of approval um, that says that we're great. Really tricky. And how much is it going to be? It may still be uh, pretty uh, costly to a small business, but enough to separate them from others. So really bold move. And and I can appreciate what you're trying to do to help small businesses.
2: Damon, do you think and like Harvey said, I think a lot of the talk has been you know, this is negative uh, celebrities likeness is being used without their permission. Yeah. Will this will this like represent a, a bit of a, a tide change here where where celebrities say, hey, look, less work. I'm able to to get paychecks. I don't have to go travel. I don't have to get in the recording booth for so long. W- will things change now with Queen Latifah? 100%,
3: because think about it, I'm not really here even though I don't get paid from Harv and I can be here, uh, you know, at the moment. But um, yeah, you know, I, th- I think that this is going to save a lot of time, be in a lot of places at the same time. And I think that this is absolutely great in that sense, for sure, because I know the last sticking point in a lot of the SAG uh, discussion was, how are you going to use Aon on use us? So I think this is absolutely great in that sense.
1: I want to ask you one other thing, but we've got a documentary that we've been working on for more than two months, um, and it's gonna air on Fox Network and on Hulu in about two months. Um, it involves an AI experiment. It will blow your mind. I'm telling you, it's gonna blow your mind. We shot it two weeks ago, and it's, it's crazy. Um, yeah. So we'll talk about that, we'll talk about it later. But I, Damon, we have got to ask you, I mean, this is a monumental week. Mark Cuban is leaving Shark Tank after a year.
3: That's big news. Well, you know, I'm not really commenting much on that, but I want people to make sure they understand. He's filming the whole next season that we haven't even shot yet. So he's going to be there for at least a year and a half. It, it, it It is an amazing news in regards to, I can only speak for myself, you know, when I signed up for that show 15 years ago, um, I didn't know the show was going to last this long. And it's my job to help all the future entrepreneurs, and that show is way bigger than Damon John and all of the cast is. That show is about entrepreneurship and about this country, and we bring guest sharks on because we want to have different points of view and different people who want to help uh, the upcoming new sharks, and think about it, 15 years, uh, you know, we've been on that show, so if uh, a young man or woman was 15 years old, uh, right now they could be doing a massive amount of business a new AI creator, and they're probably ready to take a seat, so I I can't really comment necessarily on what his uh, drive was because I don't really know and he's going to be there for another year. So this wasn't a kind of like I have a beef. Let me get out of here. This was it's time for whatever it is. And, and I can't comment on that. What I can comment on, though, is you said it's been a big week. I think he's he just sold. Uh, and, I know. He took in about three point something billion I dollars. I know. Not bad. What's he going to do, Damon? Uh, He's told us not
1: politics. He told us not politics. He told us that.
3: I do know it's not politics, and I know one thing about Mark Cuban, who is a very underrated person. When you think about uh, billionaires, you know he was one of the first billionaires that I've ever seen on TV. That wasn't a stuffy, uptight person. <laughs> and I said that I want to be like this guy. Right? He is the reason that Shark Tank stayed on the network because it was going to be canceled in the first three years. And then he said because none of the big celebrity billionaires would go on because they didn't know who a Damon John and a Barbara Carson was. He said. I'm going to go on if it's going to help this country because the children love this show. So when you hear about Shark whether well, hey, you should go on or a dinner and you think about it, it's because Mark Cuban helped it. And you know what? I know what he's going to do. I know with three point something billion dollars more in his pocket. I know that he's dedicated his life to changing and breaking the drug system with um, uh, Cost Plus Drugs. That's his company's name. I think it's a sucky name. But he's, probably <laughs> going, to put another, he's going to put another billion dollars into helping break. Our drug system that is that, that, that they're being predators to our families and making it more affordable.
1: Um, and he's doing something Congress couldn't do.
3: And Mark Cuban's doing yeah, it. He's a maverick. Right. And yeah. um, why? Hey, listen, you know, any day that you can wake up with another three and a half billion in your pocket, even though you may have four and five billion I think that's a pretty good day. And I know that I'm going to go after him for loans with no collateral. Uh, oh, so my
1: <laughs> gosh. That's awesome. Listen, great talking to you again. Um, and I, I can't wait to tell you about this AI project we got going. I'm dying to know what you think.
3: I love it. You know, uh, one thing I heard, uh, I remember Tom Hanks said, I, I don't, I shouldn't get paid as much now because I can be five Tom Hanks in one movie or, or in five different movies, an old, a young, you know, whatever the case is. Right. I can't wait to see uh, what you will put out because... This thing is moving so fast. I'm trying to educate myself every day on how to be better. I want to see it.
1: Yeah, I can't wait. It, it is just heartbreaking to see what is going on in the Middle East right now. There are yeah. so many people suffering, suffering in Gaza, suffering in Israel, mm-hmm. um, and um, the weekend has stepped in to do something really, really great. He is donating. $2.5 million for emergency meals uh, for innocent Palestinians in Gaza who are in harm's way. And also um, don't have enough to eat, right. among many other things. He is providing this kind of money. It will That will equi- be the equivalent of 4 million wow. emergency meals. This is a huge deal.
6: Yeah. And when this all first happened, you know, there was a lot of people putting a lot of pressure on a lot of celebrities to be like, hey, you guys need to speak out. You need to, you know, really, you know, choose what you guys are going to do to help these these people over there. And you know what? A lot of people have stepped in. They've donated a lot of, you know, things like clothing and things like that. But this is going to be huge. Like you said, it's four million emergency meals that feeds more than one hundred and seventy three thousand people for two. weeks. Obviously,
2: a lot of the supply lines have been cut off to Gaza and food is one of the essentials that people need to serve. And like Nikki just said, I mean, almost 200,000 people for two weeks is incredible, incredible deed.
3: Hey, how y'all doing out there? This is Xavier X-Man State Ball, I'm out of Charlotte, North Carolina. I love what the weekend is doing. We need change in the world. He bringing food out there to the people that don't have it. They cutting people off. I love it. Everything about it is positive because it's easy for a celebrity to keep all their money to themselves or spending off on the strip club, throw some money in there or whatever. I love to see it because he's feeding people that need fam- that need food and they, you know, less fortunate. I love it. I think, hey, let's run another 2.5 million out there. Let's donate it from, let's get another celebrity, yeah. you know what I'm saying, to donate some food out there. Yeah. God knows
2: there's well
1: celebrities said. out there with a lot of money, so. Well said. Uh, what else do you guys want to talk about? My name is Attila
2: Napka, I'm CEO from Los Angeles and I'm talking about Felicity, uh, Felicity Huffman. And my opinion might be controversial, but I have to say, I understand what she did. Uh, of course, it's illegal she shouldn't have done it. But at the same time, it was not meant to harm anybody. It was not enrichment. It actually cost her money and she only tried to help her daughter.
1: What you're saying, what he just said is what our whole office yeah. said this morning. And the Dead thing, on. this is like um, Vanderpump Rules. There was so much outrage right. when this college admissions right. scandal thing hit and it was privilege and all the yeah. other stuff. It's all gone away, yeah. and now people are saying right, I would have done way. the same right. thing. It's crazy. <laughs> she okay.
2: her kid. one more.
6: Hey, I'm Tess Martinelli, and I'll be talking about Jesse Smollett.
1: So, him and his team said that they're going to be bringing his case to the Supreme Court, which is absolutely insane.
4: But I can't say I'm surprised because this man has been milking this entire scenario, working on films, releasing music. There's probably a Jesse Smollett memoir in the works, but it's a very strange PR stunt. Um, very disastrous, but I must respect the hustle.
1: <laughs> well, I'm not sure if the hustle is paying off here. By the way, um, that was Tess, who is one of our interns, um, and we put a spotlight on one of our interns every week. Tess, how's it going here?
3: It's been great. I'm
1: part of the podcast team and it's been so much fun. I think it's an underrated department at TMZ. I love it. Oh, that was a little bit of criticism, which I actually like. Underrated department. I like <laughs> she said that. So, uh, as you know, uh, Taylor Swift has now returned the favor. She flew over for Beyoncé's Renaissance film, just the way Beyoncé attended Taylor's film. And, boy, it was splashy last night. Uh, Beyoncé was, I I gotta say, just spectacular yeah, amazing um with by the way blue ivy who is a staple now of this bigger story. and bigger I, I
2: cannot believe that
1: so she clearly wants to get into showbiz and oh, there's no she doubt she looks
2: like a little star a no doubt star.
1: that is going to happen by the way the fans
2: Went crazy when they watched the film. Look how excited they were! This is right, showing a movie. Showing and they, a m- and they absolutely lost it. So
1: this is the way to see a concert
2: now—no muss, no fuss. This is the—you can tell this is the future. Taylor's done it. Beyonce's now done it, and other stars it's are going to be on a thing. Right, makes money. Uh, have a great weekend,
1: and we will see you Monday.